Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombus donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombus.com/acast code acast. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In 4 weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose 1 to 2 pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast and we are top of the league. How does that feel? Top of the Six Nations after one week. I've only got one friend with me this week um, and it is Alan. How are you, pal? Feeling great. I think it's, this is not the first time we've ever been top of the league. It's cert- if, not, if it isn't actually, it certainly feels that way. Yeah, I know. I don't... So I'm, we've never had a Friday night match where we get that whole day at top of the league. Certainly, no. It's uh, no. It was good. I'm feeling feeling confident. Feeling very very confident. We are without Matt. He is in Kenya, I believe. That's one of the national anime conferences that he likes to go to. So best of luck to him. Um, thanks again for joining us. Um, you are getting us on Acast or iTunes or wherever you are. We had a very active weekend on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod, Instagram Thistle Understroke Rugby Understroke Pod, and the mailbag has been um, bursting again. The Thistle Rugby at Gmail dot com. We were sort of inundated with people who knew know exactly what you look like just tweeting us with the photo of you smashing a pepperoni pizza <laughs> 37 minutes into the game. Yeah, it was. Um, I got my phone absolutely blew up. I was. Um, We'll come on to talk about my my day out, but yeah. yes, I'm I'm very happy that um, BBC were there to capture me really getting stuck into that 12 inch pepperoni. It's a real like slice coming to the <laughs> mouth moment. It was really annoying because when I first saw um, the footage, I was sitting next to my girlfriend and. It looked like only she had a photo with the pizza in her mouth, <laughs> and then someone sent me like a slow mo of me like really going for it. <laughs> it was absolutely horrific. We were slightly off message there, but if you are listening to us on iTunes, you can always leave us a review. That really helps us out. I've definitely got one. Here it is. 10 out of 10 would podcast again top class banter and, and analytics about Scottish rugby. I'm not sure there's much analytics going on. <laughs> Come for the banner, stay for the analytics. Stay for the analytics. <laughs> All three of the lads are very insightful and knowledgeable um, of the game and fairly unbiased. If you give the pod a listen, you'll definitely have a laugh and maybe even learn something new. There you go. Delightful. Thank you very much. Um, that was Benjamin JB. So very kind of you to get into that. So big news this week is obviously we're going to be looking back at that opening round win against Italy and then looking forward to the Ireland match at the weekend. But why don't we start off with having a canter through the news that has come out since then? Um, big news breaking overnight and in this morning's newspaper. It looks like WP now may be out for the rest. The Six Nations certainly out for the Ireland game. Murray McCallum drafted in for extra prop cover in the Scotland squad. Um, so that's quite bad news, isn't it, Alan? Yeah, I mean, I actually think Nell was probably one of the standout performers for Scotland at the weekend, and I think actually across this whole season, um, he seems to be a bit rejuvenated, sort of harking back to sort of 
2014-2015 form when he really was sort of this sort of new kid on the block. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it is quite um, devastating. And with um, the front row of Ireland coming to town on Saturday, it is not great news. We'll get into that in a little bit more detail when we preview the Ireland game later. Other additions to the Scotland squad. Um, this is very, very good news. Fraser Brown back in full contact training after a knee issue that's kept him out for a couple of months. That is great news for the reinforcements on the bench, is it not? It's like, can you walk? Yes. Get him back in yeah. now. I mean, I thought Jake Kerr did well for 10 minutes off yeah. the bench. Certainly didn't I mean, not get... the best 10 minutes. Probably wasn't his fault, though. You it wasn't his said. fault. No, it wasn't. <laughs> He hit a line out right in front of me, so I'm I'm happy Boom. for him to have done that. Um, and he's a Watsonian, so um, ex Cody Caritas. To be fair, I think for Jake Kerr, you got ten minutes. It's your first cap. All you got to do is hit that line out. That's your tick done. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and sort of buried away at the bottom of all of these announcements. About now, it seems that Pete Horn, uh, Sean Maitland, and Johnny Gray are all back in contention for this weekend, but possibly more likely to be on the bench. So that is all very good news for the returning um, Scotland squad this weekend. Um, other news, Darcy Graham, two-year deal at Edinburgh. The Prince of Hoyk is staying in the capital. Good news, Alan? So is he the prince and is Hog the king? Yeah, I think Hog's pretty much the king of Hoyk now, isn't he? That's fair. Um, yeah, good. I mean, I think his agent must have been like licking his lips after like the last sort of few oh, yeah. few months of performances, they were probably like a couple of months ago. They were like, "Oh, maybe we can get sort of like a low end contract," but two you know, yeah. two months a lot, a lot can happen in two months. Just and you kept do- refused, didn't sign after the Toulon game. He was yeah. like, "We're gonna do one more. We need one more game." Didn't sign <laughs> and then sign up after the Montpellier game. Very happy with that. And when he's back in the Scotland squad as well. So exactly, but I think. The, the really good thing, especially for next year, is it means all three of those players, Kinghorn, Van der Merwe, and Graham, are locked down for yep. next year. And both Kinghorn and Graham, obviously, for a minimum of two years past, uh, two years extra. So, no, great, great stuff. Great stuff for Edinburgh. Um, not strictly news, and I don't like to promote um, other podcasts, but I was listening to the BBC's Rub- Rugby Union Weekly, and during their sort of cursory two minutes on Scotland towards the tail end, um, Danny Kerr um, had this to say about um, Scotland's Ryan Wilson. I know he's not your best mate, Danny, but... Oh, no, I don't mind him, but... <laughs> but push the smallest person on the pitch. Well, you, you, and don't, don't uh, go to a world rugby dinner and boo all the English lads when they're... Then their video comes up. That was noted by all the boys. F- fair point. I don't know about you, but I think that's really funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess I'm trying to sort of like think what, what what sort of setting like the World Rugby Awards is like. Is it sort of like a black tie dinner where people are sort of having only like a couple of soft pints before maybe kicking on later? Was it not in like Monte Carlo last year? Yeah, it was. And actually, no, no, remember it. I think Hogg, Russell, Ali Price, and Ryan Wilson were the four that flew over. They got a private jet, didn't they? On the private jet. Yes. Post massive bender. So clearly, they just sort of like kicked on. Everyone sort of turned up for like a really nice, like high end dinner. And they're watching like a nice, like compilation, <laughs> probably like voiceover by Eddie Butler. Yeah. And Ryan Wilson's just at the back, just sort of like hurling abuse, maybe like <laughs> chucking some like olives across the table. I would have thought so. And it's obviously really riled. Um, it's always always comes up when Glasgow play Saracens as well. Everyone's like, well, we hate Ryan Wilson. Yeah, and, and the last England-Scotland game. Yeah. Where it was all kicking off pre, pushed, pre-match. Pushed George Ford, yeah. Incre- you know what? Maybe he's becoming my favourite player. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Do I love him now? <laughs> do, do, I, do I love Ryan Wilson? <laughs> um, we will talk more about Ryan Wilson when we talk about the Italy game in just a second. Um Final bit of news, not news, but it is a great opportunity for you guys. Um, as we mentioned right at the top, I was sitting pitch side at the Italy game. Um, I was a guest of Tenants Lager, the fine people over there, um, and part of their best seat in the house promotion. Um, so basically what it is, is a day out with Tenants. You sit in the dugout on the pitch in Murrayfields. You're literally right there next to it. You're about five meters away from the players when they're doing the anthems. It is absolutely incredible view. They're delivering pints of tenants to you throughout the match. Um, and then at halftime... Unreal. It was, oh, it was so good. And then at halftime, they, they brought out some pizzas. And I was like, wow, this is exactly what I need right now. Because I've been on the pints for the first half. 
And then that was when the BBC camera swung past and got all of us <laughs> absolutely tearing into these pizzas just before um, halftime. Um, then after after the match, get back into the tenants up and under bar, um, free pints. They are very, very accommodating. Um, it's a great day out. So what you've got to do um, is get onto their Facebook page. Um, I think it's facebook.com forward slash tenants lager or just search for tenants on Facebook. You'll see the video starring role from myself, of course. Um, and um, underneath that, they want you to, I think they want you to put your favorite Murrayfield memory and then there's going to be a random draw and you can be getting that um, day out with tenants next week at the Ireland game. So sold out BT Murrayfields. This is the only place you can get a seat. So get onto uh, Facebook and the tenants page to get a bit of that. Absolute dream. Ice it, ice cold tea and a pepperoni. It was freezing cold tea. <laughs> it was great. The guy was wearing like a little suit. It felt like a very like VIP um, scenario. You weren't wearing your, your tenants hat in the uh, in the video. No. You too good for the hat. I wasn't too good for the hat. I've been wearing it most days since. Okay. You know, I'm personally influencing using the tenants hat. Um, but no, it's an absolutely quality day out. Get onto Facebook, um, tenants' page, and um, try and win yourself that day out. It is really, really excellent. Feels like this is our first sort of commercial push for quite a while. We've been we've been a bit lazy on the commercializing the podcast. Yeah, I know. There was probably just too much money early on that we didn't know what yeah, to do with it. Yeah, that was it. Um, but yeah, the fine people of Tenants, they've paid us a fortune to push, <laughs> to push this day out. So um, thank you very much to them. Um, as I say, Facebook um, Tenants Lager and get yourself down there. Best seat in the house. Shall we talk about Scotland Italy? Do you want to very briefly run through women's under 20 and under 20s? Yeah, should we talk about how bad Friday night was for Scottish rugby. I mean, it was a real, yeah. It was it was a bad start, just across the board. I was so nervous. I think it started 3.30 in the afternoon. The Club 15 yes. went down to Ireland. 23-9 uh, lost Ireland. So it was uh, looked like a pretty turgid affair. I think the, the word that the offside line described Ireland was, was gnarly. Gnarly? Gnarly. So, yeah, kicked off with that, and then you had, I think, what, the under-20s were playing down in uh, Netherdale as well, and lost 32-22 at home to Italy, which isn't a great way to kick off, especially with a home game. And seeing as, you know, we chatted a little bit about how full of stars the England team is, they actually got turned over by Ireland at the weekend. Yeah. And actually France, who won the under-20s last year, absolutely uh, steamrolled through Wales. Yeah. So, I mean, looking a bit like Wales is the game at home that they're going to be going they might after. Get an opportunity for, yeah. But I think uh, we're going to get Gary Heatley on later in, in yeah. across the Six Nations sort of chat about it and also to chat to us about the women's who also, I think up at Scottsdale, lost 28-7. Yeah, I think that's an improvement on the result they got against Italy not that long ago. I think they played yeah. them in and around the autumn and went down by about 30 points. Um, and they got nailed in that one, I think. So a bit of an improvement for the for the women there. Yeah, but I get the impression that with the result against that they had against Canada in the autumn, they were kind of hoping to do a little bit better with that. Yeah, it's absolutely disappointing, particularly because there's been a lot of investment in the women's game, and um, but they are continuously improving. So, and then the sevens. The what sevens. Happened? <laughs> okay. They finished fifth last week, and then they lost... I think they lost every single game they played. They definitely lost their first four games. I don't know about the last game. But, yeah, after um, after what was a very, very encouraging display. An amazing we were, display. We were, we were singing high praises of the team last week. It sounds like it was a bit of a disaster. I don't know. Have they hit it too hard in Bondi? Sydney, Sydney, there's a lot of vices there. There's a lot of vices available. People can lose their mind in Sydney. I've lost my mind in Sydney, all right? These, these things <laughs> These happen. things will happen. Well, friend of the pod, Scott Riddle, get in touch. Tell us what was going on. What uh, happened what, in Bondi? <laughs> what happened in Bondi? We'll have you on next week. We'll talk about those um, last two weeks um, of the sevens. You can bring us up to speed. So that brought us to Saturday morning. Saturday morning, yeah. A handful of Scotland defeats, you yeah. know. And I was nervous. Yeah, it felt like it could be a banana skin, but then you know, for the for seventy minutes, that was an absolute Rolls Royce Scotland performance. Not to kick off negatively. Oh, go on. But that Italy team were really bad. Yes, I agree. And I, I generally think that Scotland should have put fifty past them. They well, they would have gone over forty if Hoggy's um, 
disallowed try that shouldn't have been disallowed was uh, given. Well, and yeah, and also the fact that very, I mean, very early on in the game, Grant Gilchrist was disallowed. Yeah, exactly. Um, putting that aside, putting that aside, uh, how poor Italy were. I think, yeah, for 70 minutes, probably the easiest 70 minutes of Six Nations rugby I can sort of remember from Scotland. It was definitely like, I've, I felt extremely relaxed and I don't usually feel relaxed watching Scotland. It felt that, you know, it just felt that we were constantly on top of the top of them. Italy were pinned back in their half and they just couldn't get, they couldn't get out. Really impressive performance in the air from Hoggy um, and Kinghorn dealing with all the kicks that were coming through. Um, and I've, I've got noted down here in the in the uh, in the running order to talk about top performers. Finn Russell, I thought, had one of his best games for Scotland in terms of just making sure we were playing in the right areas of the pitch. Really nice kicks, obviously the cross field for Kinghorn and various other bits. He looks in really really good nick. Yeah, I mean, I think he had a part to play in every single try, whether it was like a, a pass or a kick. Yeah, and yeah, it's that. It's that sort of game where Russell's little kicks come off that you just remember how much you love you love Finn Russell. And, oh yeah. And on another day it would make you remember how much why you hated him. It's um but no, look, he, he's clearly like got so much confidence coming off the back of like playing for Racing. And I think with that pack being able to get him that front foot ball, he wasn't having a, he wasn't getting a lot of pressure on him. He was having a lot of time with ball in hand. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and in front of the press after the match, um, Greg Laidlaw and Gregor Townsend gave their thoughts. Good start here at BT Murrayfield, and um, you know already we're, we're turning attentions to next week. And having said that, it's probably a few learnings to take out of the game, both positive uh, and things to improve on. But I really felt we, we stepped up in that middle, middle part of the game. Really took it away from Italy with our skill set and our work rate. So we're delighted with that. Um, and probably just physically, uh, just at the end of the game, we, we, we dropped off a little bit um, in terms of defence, allowed them to attack us, so we'll, we'll need to tighten up. Um, we can head to next week's game. We probably left a couple out there um, uh, throughout the game, and, and we were delighted just in that middle patch. We really, really took the game away from Italy. We controlled the ball. Finn and Hobby were excellent in the kick game, when to run, when to kick, uh, and we really squeezed them and, and suffocated them in that, so, and a lot of good skills in and around that as well. Credit Italy, they ran the ball from their own 22 when we, we were a man down, we didn't um, react to that quickly enough, so that's disappointing. And then once you allow a team to, to get yards in that area, it becomes harder to defend each phase, they've got, they've got quick ball, they're trying things that they maybe didn't try early on in the game, passes are sticking. Um, and maybe we weren't smart enough when we were uh, a man down that we were still putting a lot of bodies into rucks, um, which had been a, a successful policy up to that point. But uh, when the ball came out, they had uh, an extra one or two two players to to exploit the space. Um, e- even in that period, um, I can't remember when the, the disallowed try to Stuart Hogg was, was, but I think it was in the last 15 minutes, and that was a great try. Um, you know. Can't believe that it didn't um, didn't get played through and then gone to check it because Ali Ali got pushed off the ball trying to support Stewart from the inside. He was behind Stewart, so there's no blocking, um, and Stewart scored one of the best tries you'll see at BT Murrayfield. Uh, and that obviously would have been a bit of a lift for us, but to not to get the try and to have a penalty in the halfway line and them to kick in the 22 puts puts under more pressure. Greg Laidlaw and um, Gregor Townsend there after the match. Let's talk about debutant Sam Johnson. We talked him up an awful lot on the pod last week. We weren't too concerned about him, and he really rose to the occasion. Yeah, he. he you know, I think the one the thing we said um, l- last week was he sort of provides a balance between the sort of Dunbar esque inside centre and the Pete Horn inside centre. I think that's exactly the sort of role he played. I think when you look at the stats, he had about 11 runs and 11 passes. Yeah. And both on the run side, he was making yards where when when he did. And on the passing side, all he's, he does just have a really solid distribution. Yeah, his game. distribution was very, very good. Um, so, yeah, I mean, again, I think relatively perfect start for, for him. And actually, I was quite surprised. I thought he might actually get man of the match, but... It's pretty hard not to give it to the man who gets three tries, I guess. It's hard. That's what I thought. I thought the other contender for man of the match um, was Grant Gilchrist. I thought he had an absolutely massive shift. Um, again, I really think he's developing into one of the best best locks in Europe at the moment. 
Well, um, I guess I did think Grant Gilchrist. The, I guess the thing about Grant Gilchrist is I never really feel he dominates a game. Yeah, okay. I, I guess he he's solid in everything he does. He's a solid tackler. He's a solid ball carrier. He's a solid line-out operator. But I don't feel in that game he really dominated across either three of those aspects, either one of those aspects. Yeah, okay. So if I just... Yeah, apparently he wasn't man of the match. <laughs> That's fine. You know, listen. No. We all have differing opinions. That is fair. I was sitting in literally the best seat in the house. That's true. So, you know, maybe I had a better view than you. That's that's fair. <laughs> I, I, what about that guy, Stuart Hogg, though? He's a bit of a threat with ball in hand. No, he is pretty good. And I would just say that I have realized that Grant Gilchrist was top tackle tackler. Yeah, I saw so, that. So, yeah, so I just <laughs> saw those tackles going in. Saw them all going in. Uh, yeah, it just shows why Hogg's world class, really. I mean, I think there was a lot of pretty bad kicking from the Italians as well. And I think it just shows you what he can do if you give him the ball in those areas. And really budget kick chasing. Yes. As well. Like, even for, I know obviously he's tried chalked off, but also for the try that Chris Harris scored, which was essentially made because Stuart Hall made that break down the yeah. left. It's just like some of like real lazy, lazy chasing. And I appreciate it's like in the second half and people are tired. But um, I think someone like Stuart Hogg's just going to tear you apart when you're like that. Yeah. And um, it's, it's hard not to talk about him. Kinghorn, three tries. The bloody Kinghorn. Isn't he? Is would you keep him knowing that maybe Maitland's coming back at the weekend? What would you do with that back three? You can't drop Kinghorn after a hat trick, can you? No, and I think it almost makes it a little bit easier that Maitland's coming back from injury because it kind yeah. of allows them to kind of play that narrative that Maitland's coming back and they're gonna sort of start with Kinghorn, Seymour, and Hogg. But I. Okay. As I don't know, I mean, at the end of the day, objectively, Kinghorn's been playing a lot better than Seymour for the whole of this year and probably for the whole of last yeah. year. And I think, obviously, the concern's always been that, well, because he plays fullback every single game for Edinburgh, he's going to look out of play. He'll, he'll struggle at an international level on the wing. I think he's now played a couple of games in the wing and looked absolutely right at home. Yeah. So, I... I think he just offers a lot more at the moment than Seymour. I think you've just got to get him on the park. Yeah. And I think he is. I agree with you on Seymour. I was thinking if if Maitland does come back and you have to make a change of a winger, it's surely for Seymour than Kinghorn. Yeah. And I think Maitland has to start because of how well he played last year and how consistent he's been for Saracens this, even yeah. coming into this year. So I think Maitland and Hogg are the, no, are the, are the two no-brainers. Absolutely. And, yet, and you're right. And I think whilst... Seymour and you know Seymour didn't have a bad game. No, no, not at all. Yeah, you know, and that's that's that, that almost makes it a little bit harder because Seymour did did actually make a couple of breaks and was relatively solid all around the park. But you know, Kinghorn was standout and has been pretty has been of a level above Seymour for the whole season. Yeah, I agree. I mean, a couple of a couple of his finishes were pretty much walk-ins I mean the, the crossfield kick was so good he didn't have to break stride it was easy for him to pick up yeah but the the one of his finishes was really excellent just second or his third try the last one where he, he the came last back one inside. yeah it just you know he has an eye for the try line and he's just he's so confident at the moment yeah he also I mean he, he just manages to sort of shrug off tackles he's really big yeah but he's not like bulky no you know He's obviously quite a tall guy, mm-hmm. but you see, he has that very like ra- rangy like running motion. He just seems to be able to break the first tackle so often. Um, but yeah, I mean, thinking about the back line going into that Ireland game, would you want to make any changes? I know, obviously, with Horn and Maitland coming back, no. But I, I don't think I don't think Horn comes in ahead of Sam Johnson. In fact, absolutely not. Based on that performance against Italy from Sam Johnson, I thought he was excellent. And he kind of does everything that you want Pete Horn to be doing. Yeah. Maybe just a little bit more in terms of the going forward carrying job as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'd be very happy to start that back line as it is. If there was going to be one change, it would be Seymour Maitland. Yeah. But again, I see that as a judgment call. And if Maitland's possibly not 100% yet, let's give him 20 minutes and then have him firing for the France game. 
Because I think probably the the quietest bat was probably Hugh Jones by quite a considerable margin. Yeah. But again, didn't have a bad game. Didn't have a bad game. What do you think about Laidlaw? Now, I know you, you were running our Twitter account. You had some issues with the speed of Laidlaw's service. I I thought Laidlaw, I would say he was fairly quiet as well. I don't think he was like really impacting the game. But the counter argument for that is when Laidlaw went off for the last 10 minutes, it all sort of went to shit. Yes. No, no. So I'm- when we try and speed things up, does that like sort of maybe you know accuracy just leave the game a little bit, or was this a sort of special case because we were thirty points up? I think specifically on the Laidlaw piece, I I don't think I get frustrated with him generally, but I do feel there was moments where there is quick ball, where there is either a break or there feels like there's an opportunity. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Where I feel like Laidlaw doesn't have the urgency that someone like a Ben Youngs or you know a Gareth Davis okay. will bring, and that that's where more of my frustration is. I think there is just sometimes where Laidlaw can just be quicker and more assertive with the ball. Yeah, um, I think on the, the last ten minutes piece, I don't know. I feel like you can sort of over th- you can over egg it and probably underestimate it at the same time. I think. They knew they'd won the game. Obviously, you don't want to let in, um, let in three tries in the last ten minutes. But you know, the best team in the world do this as well. Yeah, that's true. Like, I mean, it's uh, the way I was. I was chatting to somebody after the game. I can't remember who it was, but I was saying, you know, it's not often that Scotland have the luxury to hook their best players to basically just say, right, you've done enough. Let's get you wrapped in cotton wool for next week. And then 10 minutes essentially doesn't matter. Yeah. That was the way I, I, I was viewing it. And I was, I was sitting right next to the Scotland dugout. And it did not even feel, even when the third Italy try went in, that any of the lads there were particularly concerned. They were chilled, very happy with their day's work. Um, and there seemed to be a really good atmosphere. It just didn't... I, I'm not sure it matters that much. Yeah, I think, yeah, as you said... Game was over, they were a man down, and actually, especially those last two tries, they almost had the feel of a team, from a Scotland perspective, of a team that just wanted that match to be over. Yeah. They were like, we've done our job, we've got the bonus point, let's just move on. And it's just, the only annoying thing would be if points difference come into it. Yeah, I think, and that's, you know, that's a high quality problem for down the line, if we're having to define things by bonus points. I just don't think it's... I don't think that, that sort of mental fragility in the last 10 minutes is something that is ever going to creep in against Ireland this weekend. I just think the mentality will be so different. I no. also don't think we'll be 30 points ahead. Yeah, can't, can't wait to just like give up three tries to Ireland at the end of the game. Just we like, might do that. I mean, we might do that. We, might, be, do we that. might do that, to be fair. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I thought it was... Listen, we're, we're top of the league. Bonus point win. Scored five tries. Too disallowed that possibly on another day would have been allowed. Yeah. I mean, I think, and we'll come on to it when we talk Ireland, it feels to me that we're going to score points. I mean, I think in the last 12 games at Murrayfield, we're averaging 31 points or something like that at home. Yeah. Like, we're scoring points against high-quality opposition. So for me, it's how many lapses in concentration are we going to have? Yeah. Do you you mean in a... Do you mean Finn in attack, or do you mean just generally in defence? Generally in defence. Yeah. I mean, do you think 
lapse in concentration have been yeah actually now i'm thinking about it i'm thinking back to south africa and south africa shitty exits shitty exits yeah it's almost just more general just poor execution just generally like poor 80 percent is very very high quality and then there's just 20 percent of just like really poor execution and things like if you think back to the Ireland game, I suppose we've gone straight into talking about Ireland now, but if you think about the Ireland game last season where we un- ended up losing by 20 points, yeah, there was the Hugh Jones hoggy two-on-one with that awful pass that went to ground. Oh, gosh, so bad. Was, oh, so, literally so bad. <laughs> literally so bad. That was your crowning moment as a podcaster, though, because everybody was talking about how good Hugh Jones were, was, <laughs> and you sat there and said, Hugh Jones can't pass very well. It's true, he can. And then that, and then that <laughs> happened. And then the other, uh, there was another try, which we should, another two on one that we should have converted in that game. Yeah. And there was Pete Horn chucking that pie, trying to do a triple miss. Yes. That Jacob Stockdale picked up as an easy seven points for Ireland. Yeah. So if you think about that, like, those are just things that if you have to be accurate, I think England showed that against Ireland this weekend, accuracy and taking points. Yes. Puts them away. I think the key thing about that England Ireland game, though, is England just won the contact. Yes. Like, they didn't matter whether it was Tag Furlong, James Ryan, CJ Stander. They were literally stopping Ireland on the gain line almost every single time. And my fear is that Scotland just... And I really just do not think Scotland have the pack that are able to do that. We just don't have the Vuna Pullers, sadly. <laughs> sadly not. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Ritchie was talking about that um, in press today saying we can match them physically but you know he's not going to say we can't um, yeah. I suppose <laughs> um, I mean how, within that then how big a loss is Willem Nell one of the world's best tight heads on his day dropping out well I actually think in open play it's not that big a loss yeah I think Simon Bergen comes in and offers you in, def- in defence close to the same and in attack Probably slightly more. Probably a little bit more, I'd say. Than WPNL. It's just a scrum time. Yeah. You're like, Bergen... I mean, Bergen, McAnally, and Dell. They're a pretty small international front. Yeah. That, that being said, though, Bergen did start both England and France in the Six Nations last year. Massive yeah. packs, which we went on to win. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he has done it for us in the past. No, Nell's obviously the would be the the number one starter. My concern is when I mean it's probably going to be Darcy Ray. Yes, he's going to be on the bench for Scotland at the weekend. It's that drop off. The Nell Bergen sixty minute twenty minute is a very nice yeah, eighty yeah. minutes of tight head prop. And I think Darcy Ray's come on leaps and bounds this year, getting pretty playing pretty well in Europe for Glasgow and in big games for Glasgow, but that 20 minutes when you know yeah. Ireland are going to have a little bit of more firepower in that physical battle, I think there is a big drop-off there. No, I mean, absolutely, and especially when... Actually, I don't know if he's fit, but Ireland will be bringing on, like, Jack McGrath, for example, because they can start with Key and Healy. Yeah. It's it, it's just a bit of a weird situation, though, where... It's not, it's that Andrew Porter lad who can, like, squat, like... 400 kilos oh yeah no that's it isn't it <laughs> fine <laughs> the but the weird thing i guess is we're we've now got scotland's starting front row is essentially Stuart McAnally plus edinburgh's second choice props yes it's <laughs> <laughs> quite a weird situation to be in yeah um but again is that around the park in open play that dell and bergen are probably two the two strongest props that w- yeah. scotland I has. Dell had a de- dell had a good game against yesterday i think that the scrum was a, was fine. There was lots of resetting and things like that, but yeah. and penalties going either way. But there was no sort of like dominance. And he is he's he's mobile. Yeah. So I mean, but again, it's just is that fear of in in the tight in the tight quarters. Yeah. Dell Bergen, are you just giving up too much weight in terms of are they just going to be able to pick up those a couple of extra yards every single time against Key and Healy, Rory Best, Tag Furlong. Yeah. Up front. And then Sean Cronin and Andrew Porter to come off the bench. Yeah. It's... It's it's, a, it's an extremely intimidating pack. And I think the one, you know, um, experience improvement that is in Townsend's um, arsenal this weekend is bringing back Johnny Gray. Coming back from injury, 
He was holding the tackle bags for Scotland during the warm up last week, you know, fully like strapped up and things like that. So I think he's pretty close to he was pretty close to fitness last weekend. Um, would you bring him in? Well, I guess you can't replace Grant Gilchrist because you know he's the best second row in the world. Easily the best second row <laughs> in the world. Uh, I mean, I would, but I for Ben Tulis for Ben Tulis, yes. I think Tulis is again. I, I always say, I think he's a very good club player. He has done nothing at international level that makes me think that he is of he is of that quality. Yeah. Okay. And whilst I think he had, a, again, a very solid game at the weekend, I don't think he did anything that particularly... He was no Grant Gilchrist, is what everyone was saying. That is true. That is true. <laughs> I also think Johnny Gray... I don't know. I guess it's an interesting time for him. He's sort of, It's probably the first time where he's, he's really been challenged for that second real yeah. spot. And I honestly think probably the best Johnny Gray performance I've seen in the last sort of two or three years was against Saracens at yeah, home. Yeah, agreed. This year where I actually thought he completely stepped up to the mark. And I think actually sometimes he once he can raise his game a bit more. I think his top level is higher than Toulouse and Gilchrist. Whilst I'm saying I think he's maybe with that. played at a level averagely that's lower than the both of them this year. I think that's a very fine point. Well made. I We're think the one thing in the in the Toulouse column is that connection he has with McAnally from line-out perspective. Yes. But McAnally and Johnny Gray are high-quality operators that have played plenty of Scotland together. I don't think there's any issue with them, you know, no. forming a line-out bond. No, but as you say, look, I, I mean, I imagine the set-piece is going to be an apps. It's going to be so key. And Toulouse calls the line-out yeah. for Edinburgh and McAnally throws. And they have been nailing it all year like that is your gar- it's almost like do you want to try and get as close to guaranteeing a set piece especially when we've got might have scrummaging issues we might have scrummaging it's issues it's a pretty big incentive yeah, to go to go for that um there's no sign of Richie Gray being drafted in post Toulouse performance no sign he's only had that 55 minutes and then there was a there was a week off in the top 14 last weekend i think Okay. Um, so yeah. I'm, I haven't seen that he's had any more game time. I think the, the time that he might get brought in would be after this round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When also I think they're looking at bringing back Xander Fagerson, talking about prop issues. Xander yeah. Fagerson's targeting that match in between um, Ireland and France in that weekend off. Oh, as in the Glasgow Warriors game? As in game. the Glasgow game. Got you. Um, which will be the opportunity for him to prove his fitness for coming back in, which will be very, very useful indeed. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I mean, let's stay on the pack because I think it is going to be the defining feature of the weekend. Um, Sam Skinner obviously went off after only a couple of minutes. Um, Has there been any news on what? Ankle. Ankle injury. He's, gone back to, he's been sent back to Exeter, which tells you that it's more serious than just a knock. But it may be that he's just away. Nobody said he's out for the whole Six Nations. Maybe they just said, listen, sit out Ireland, go and get two weeks at home with your club and your club physio, and we'll see how you are for for France. He tries to keep playing for a long time. Yeah. Like, he was limping around for literally, like, ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, he, he got hooked fairly quickly, I suppose. Um, yeah. He, he came back out the tunnel um, on crutches with a pretty heavily strapped leg. Was he a big old boy? Oh, my God. So big. Oh, really? <laughs> like, so, like, so big. <laughs> Simon Bergen is enormous as well. I didn't think Simon Bergen would be that big. He's so big. There you it's, go. I, it's like, even like, I, I stood about maybe six, ten foot away from Christine after he came off from holding the tackle bags for the warm-up. Even he's a big lad. <laughs> it's like, unbelievable. What about Greek? Um, not that big. Not that big. I still contend that he is the one or maybe two Scotland internationals that I could tackle. I still believe that in a five-meter channel, I could tackle Laidlaw, George Horn, and Pergos. The scrum halves. I don't think I could tackle Price. I think he's too barrel-chested for me. I think he'd, bo- he'd bosh you off. Yeah, I think he'd bosh me off. But I think I could take the other three down. Yeah, I'm not sure I'd get a hand on George Horn. He's quite quick. This is why I'm per- saying a five-meter channel. Pergos and Laidlaw, they're going down. <laughs> Too easy. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Who are you bringing in, though? How are you shaping up that back row? Josh Rice obviously came on. I thought you were saying, who are you bringing in to help you tackle? I was like, I just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Rice obviously came on for Skinner. Yes. Um, they rejigged. Wilson went to six. Straussy at eight. Jamie Ritchie had another very good game at seven. Is that what you think Townsend will go for this weekend? Yeah. I I mean, you know, I obviously have, I have issues with Ryan Wilson, and I actually had issues with Josh Strauss in last week's pod but actually I guess Ryan Wilson specifically had a pretty strong game did every did everything I know we were saying I think he had what was it 12 carries 57 meters yeah made made himself was a nuisance was you know making quite a lot of tackles you know if I know we all Bill Matter come out with those stats would probably be like oh wow all game all, all hail Bill Matter yeah. so I think he has done enough he's definitely done enough in that game to keep his place at six yeah I suppose the only other machination and this has been getting thrown around on Twitter um, bringing Hardy at seven shift Richie to six and Wilson at eight okay it just feels like without Skinner. You know, again, I don't think Strauss has been that good that season, this season, but I feel like he offered enough in the sort of 60, 65 minutes that he was on the pitch in terms of like just ball carrying and defence. To He's got to have that shirt, especially with Sam Skinner going. Yeah. Or a straight swap, Gary Graham in at six. <laughs> Wilson at eight. I actually, I, I, I mean, I was... I was I had a little bit sort of not zoned out, but you know, you, I wasn't as engaged when Gary Graham sort of ga- came on the pitch. Came on quite late, yeah. So I actually slightly missed that he had made it made it on, but um, and because of that reason, I'm going to say that he probably doesn't deserve to be to make the starting squad this week. But he'll probably be there on the bench. Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely fine. I think with him and Johnny Gray. You got a, if you can get him, Johnny Gray, and Fraser Brown on the bench. That's very strong on the bench with Jamie Batty and as Darcy the, Ray. and Darcy Ray. Like, there's enough there. Yeah, um, there is. And Ireland aren't without their own issues. They've had quite a lot of injuries this week. Devin Toner um, is out. Um, CJ Stander out. Yes, Gary Ringrose out. Those are three big names, first choice picks for Ireland in key, fairly key positions that are gone. Yeah. What impact do you think that could have? I mean, I think CJ Standard drops out. It feels like they probably will shuffle it around to put Sean O'Brien in, whether he goes at eight or whether they try and do something else. So it's Peter, they, they started Peter Mann at six, Josh Van Der Veer at seven, and CJ Standard at eight last weekend with... Um, Sean O'Brien and Quinn Roo on the bench. I don't know who Quinn Roo is. I'm not entirely sure who Quinn Roo is. I feel like we probably should know who Quinn Roo is. Cool name, isn't it? That's a good name. But uh, in any case, it feels that Sean O'Brien is the natural um, is the natural fit to come into that back row somewhere. Yes, and I actually think CG Standard probably out of all those back three or those back row is probably the one that. I am happy. I don't think he's the best player in the slightest, but I think I am happiest is not playing because of what he brings to the game. Yep. Um, and I'm actually really happy Ringrose isn't playing because I thought he was probably the best player when Ireland played Scotland last year. He absolutely had huge owns on toast last last yeah, year. Yeah, he absolutely did him on one time yeah. the sidestep. Um, and it kind of means whether they either bring in... Well, you said move Henshaw to 13 and bring Lama at the back. It'd be interesting if they do put Lama at fullback. You know, it sounds like the reason they didn't play him is because they were worried about him under the high ball or at least under like the pressure of the international. Yeah. So when you end up having a back three, especially with him and Earls, whether you target, especially with Kinghorn and if Seymour, and Seymour, who are both so good under the high ball. Yeah. That's the strategy then. Yeah. That's how you beat Ireland. Just pin them down. <laughs> um, what does your heart of hearts tell you, Alan? I think there's about... Uh, I don't know. It feels like... The thing that really, really annoys me is I, I really wish Scotland had a fully fit side. Yeah. Because if Hamish Watson and Barkley and 
were both fit. Johnny Gray firing on all cylinders and WP now in that pack. Ireland at home. It, it feels like the, it, it's there for the taking. Yeah, I'm with you. I just, I'm just worried that that pack either A, doesn't have enough grunt or B, just generally doesn't have enough experience. Yeah. You know, you've got Ryan Wilson, but actually, and I appreciate that McAnally is sort of vice captain, but still there's not, you know, he's not a seasoned vet at all. I suppose he's getting to that stage now. I don't you think know, he's, I know he's not had that many caps, but I mean, yeah. we're talking what? We played this game on the pod a few weeks ago. No, no, like I know. 30 I don't or 40 I, caps? No, I I think he's had... Mid-20s? Mid-20s. I agree. But I do think just having your your Barkley, Watson, Johnny Gray, Pinel, they give you that extra physicality and just that extra experience. And I think the team's going to really, really miss that. And... I think I I hope he do, hope it doesn't, but I could a large part of me that sees us struggling to get front foot ball, struggling to get quick ball. Russell then tries to dig deeper and deeper and deeper into his bag of tricks. Yeah, I mean, I think what we saw was Finn getting that armchair ride, um, like he gets at racing, at racing, sorry, and he was pulling the strings and he was being like full Finn. I think he's definitely improved his positional kicking game it certainly felt that way that his kicking on the weekend was much better than it usually was yeah but i i I have the same concerns of you the same concerns that we'll just get battered up front give away penalties at the scrum or at the rucks trying to win back ball they'll kick us in the corners they'll scrum and maul us till the cows come home and either through penalties or tries just through pick and goes we might be in trouble yeah I mean, I was looking at the weather. It's not meant to be raining. Or well, that's good. It's meant to be and not too windy, which I think seems a very weird thing. But, for again, for Scotland to be saying, but it's probably no other team. I just don't want to play Ireland in, like, a tight, no. wet affair. I ju- yeah. I just think this Scotland backline can absolutely bang, and it showed it against Italy. When it gets the yeah. opportunity to score tries, it does. I think we'll score at least three tries against Ireland. Yeah. I, I can't see us not scoring like that many points. I think if we can get a couple of them early, if we can score two tries in the first half and either be in it or a little bit ahead, I'll feel good about it. But if we let Ireland, and they're coming off the backlash of losing to England, they're going to come out really hot. You know they're going to come flying out the blocks. If we let them go 10-0 up, say, you know, in the first 20, 25 minutes, I can just see it sort of just drifting away from us yeah just end up classically like last last year where it never actually seemed like there was that much between the two teams but you end up finishing a 20 with a 20 point gap. exactly and that's what that's what it feels like it might be yeah but i i, I don't know i i also think that we could win it I don't know, it's weird like it's um i think this the team is is actually there just about i just yeah i can't see it you can't see it. I, 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 I'd love it to happen, but I just it just feels like that Ireland pack is just too far level above what Scotland have. And, I yeah. Look, we'll see. What's, what's, your, what are you, what's your tip then? What, what are you going for? Well, we haven't talked. Your best bet from last week came in. Yeah, pl- plus 50 overall points and, well, I said Scotland, 10. Scotland to win. Scotland to win by 10. But 13. That's so, fine. There Over we go. 10. Have that. Um, I think Ireland are going to win it by less than five points. But yeah, I think it's going to be tight. But I think Ireland are probably just about going to eke it out. And maybe they'll be sort of they'll be twelve points ahead, and we'll get a late try. But they'll hold out for the last sort of five minutes or something like that. What do you think? Um, I mean, I think you've got to remember that this is an Ireland team not that far removed from a team that kind of dominated New Zealand. Yes. <laughs> you know. It's not that far away. <laughs> it's, and I I just think that A, off the back of that England game, and B, with that sort of differential in pack, plus, you know, with what Murray and Sexton can do behind a pack that's moving forward. Yeah. I just think it's just going to be a little bit of a little bit of a golfing class. All right. What's your prediction then? Um, 
so I think I'm going to go again for a total of more than 40 and Ireland to win by between 10 and 15. Between 10 and 15, you think it's going to be quite... That's quite significant. Yeah, I think it's going to be a two-score game. For Ireland? Yeah. You negative bastard. The Negatron is back. He is back. (laughs) Mate, we're top of the league. You can't be talking like this. Yeah, I know, but... Mate, this is the Leicester City of seasons. We're going to win it. (laughs) (laughs) It's... uh, I I don't know. I'd love to be proven wrong. I um, hope you are proven wrong, and I'm sure all of our listeners hope you are as well. We we sort of discussed it uh, sort of a while back. I always feels like you know I I do think Scotland are improving, but I still feel like there is three things that need to really land for Scotland to win a Six Nations with the quality of team we have at the moment. One is like good good set of fixtures in terms of home and away. Another one is no injuries, and the third one is other teams not going through like a peak year. Yeah, we have the we have the good team, but the other two just haven't landed. You mean the fixtures we've got? So we've got the fixtures. The injuries have just landed poorly. Yeah, a little especially bit. with Hamish Watson and Barkley being extended. Agreed. And it just feels like, I guess, pre Six Nations Ireland have just got to a level that's too much, and during the Six Nations England have just got to a level that. I struggle to see us going down to Twickenham and getting anything from that game. Wow. You're really bringing us down right at the end here. I think we can come third, though. Yes, we can come (laughs) third. I will end there on that high note of we can come third. Thank you very much, Alan. um, Thanks a lot for joining us again. Um, Get us again next week. Follow us on Twitter at ThistleRugbyPod on Instagram. Thistle underscore rugby underscore pod. Drop into those emails, thethistlerugby at gmail.com. Get yourself onto Tenants' Facebook page and enter to win tickets for the best seat in the house at Murrayfield this weekend. And come back and see us next weekend. We'll be talking about Scotland, Ireland. Thanks a lot, guys. See you soon. See ya. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.